Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your hosts, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. The big 5-0. No, we're not talking about the nation's 50th state in Hawaii, even though it might be a good place to visit right about now. It's the 50th all-time episode of the Eastern Insider Podcast. I'm Greg Steiner. And I'm Alex Jewell. And Greg, wait a minute. I thought the university was sending us on a trip to Hawaii to celebrate 50 episodes. That's not happening? I, I got that memo that uh, they, it just fell through this holiday season. I was going to say, that's a large reason I signed the contract to join on on the Eastern Insider Podcast. Of course, I kid. I can't believe already the 50th episode, I think, You've been on for the vast majority of those. I think 48 out of 50, I've been lucky enough to join on this year. And we've got a good thing going. I think there's easily another, I don't know, 50, 500, maybe 1,000 episodes in our future. What do you think? If we do 5,000 episodes, that means I've been here for a very, very long time. So let's not go for 5,000. Let's just go for 50 more and we'll see where it goes. But you're in store for an exciting show on a a good week to get back into things. Uh, I know you're probably uh, still through that uh, tryptophan coma that uh, enveloped you from your turkey day on Thursday or all the the basketball and football that you may have sat on your couch and watched over the weekend. But this week, a a chance for you to get back at home, get back inside the Convocation Center because at long last, EMU men's basketball is back at it on Tuesday against Valpo right here in the Convo. And they come back home to the Convo with a great 6-1 and record. They just dropped their first game of the year, a really tough road game at UC Irvine. That's a tough trip for them. And but a, a team that really showed them an early season challenge. But so far, this team's been playing great, Greg. Of course, they brought home the Jersey Mike's Jamaica Classic Championship. And Valpo is a real solid program. So it's going to be a good home test for them. It's a great chance for people to come out to the convo and see high-level college basketball. My hope is that the folks from Valpo will maybe bring us some popcorn because you know that's the home of Orville Redenbachers, right? I didn't know that, but I do love popcorn. So. Now you've got my hopes up. I and this show have been basically not promised, but I've been hopeful for a trip to Hawaii, Orville Redenbacher's popcorn. I mean, my goodness, what do we got? What else can we can we bring this week? Well, instead, this week, you could maybe have a trip to Granville, Ohio, to take on the Denison Invitational. That's where uh, the EMU swimming team will be this week. That runs through Saturday, Granville, Ohio, uh, close enough to the maybe hometown of Smuckers as well. I do like Smuckers. I all these little towns. I'm learning things about them. Uh, when you grow up known. in Ohio, there's every little town yes, in Ohio well, has something. Course, you are from the booming metropolis of Bluffton, Ohio, and of course, the only people probably listening to this from Bluffton are your parents. So, hello to uh, Daryl and the original OG Kathy Steiner, Kathy with a K, of course. If you're listening, well, they are probably listening because we know they tune into every episode. It's also a chance to get uh, track and field fans involved this week as women's track gets their indoor season going at the Grand Valley State Holiday Invitational. That begins on Friday. And then we also have basketball this week as we also see gymnastics open the preseason calendar there over at U of M to take on the Wolverines 4 p.m. on Saturday, but a double dip of basketball at Detroit on the men's side and 1 p.m. inside Callahan Hall, and then women's basketball at Wichita State 
a 3 p.m. start there. Yeah, it's a great chance to see both of our teams in action. If you're able to make it over to Detroit, it's a short drive for those of you hometown fans. It's a it's a really great matchup. And of course, uh, the women's team playing right after that. So you have time to make your way home after the men's game. Or if you're watching that at home, the men's game, you have time to then settle in for the women's game as well. And I'll tell you what, I talked to Coach Castro today. You're going to hear my conversation with him a little bit earlier and later in the show. And Wichita State is a very good basketball team. They're a team that is perennially in the NCAA tournament. They're a very solid team. And they're going up against an Eastern team that has had a few struggles as of late, but has played some very solid competition. So I know Coach is ready to get back on the court against yet another good team and see if the lessons they've taken away from the games against Michigan, against Binghamton, of course, tough losses, are going to pay off against a team like Wichita State. Yeah, it'll be interesting uh, to hear Fred as you talk about him trying to get a win over an American conference team uh, that's much improved from a year ago. But they battled against Binghamton, a a team that right now is still amongst the undefeated on Sunday. Uh, So Fred Castro's team has had quite the run of big teams as of late following their matchup with Michigan last week. And then speaking of big days, that will be the case on Sunday as bowl selection day will occur. It's also the 57th annual football bus that will occur on Sunday as well as the football team will get it around to announce their annual award winners and then hope to find out their fates as right now, uh, 79 bowl eligible teams for 78 spots. Of course, Buffalo, And Charlotte already learned their fate. They're heading to the Bahamas, so Eastern Michigan hopes to hear their fate. But the Eagles also waited with bated breath, knowing that it's probably between them and Toledo and a handful of other teams on what one will unfortunately see their 2019 season end and build for 2020. But for our sake, we hope that's not the team in green and white. Oh, I have faith that's not going to be the team in green and white. Listen, Eastern Michigan is in the midst of a great four-year stretch, 25 wins in the last four years, back-to-back bowl eligibility for the first time ever. This will be a chance for the team to play in back-to-back bowl games for the first time in their 128-year history. No bowl selection committee is going to say no to making history with us here at Eastern Michigan, Greg, and I have confidence in that. I know the team is, is feeling a little bit down after the loss to Kent State, but I know they're still optimistic about getting into a bowl game, and I think our fans should be as well. Of course, we know that uh, Eastern Michigan football, the brand of it the last couple of years, has been games that come down to the wire. And, of course, it won't be any different this weekend as it's going to come down to the wire to see our fate and see where we'll end up in a bowl game. And I do say I think it's where we'll end up, not if. So mark my words here first. I'm the one on this podcast that said, we're good to go. I think we're going to be playing in a bowl game. Alex has been rocking the Destiny's Child, waiting for Say My Name once again, part two, as we get ready for bowl selection. That will come up on Sunday. To get your football taste this week, we have a double feature. Our Tom Helmer sits down with Mike Van Hoven to discuss his academic success on the gridiron, and he earns Cosida academic all district for the second consecutive year, leading the team in grade point average with a 3.95 already a master's student. So uh, enjoy Tom's conversation. And then uh, with football being out on the road, recruiting and getting ready uh, for signing day, which will come up on the 18th. You and I had a chance to sit down with the one and only Matt Shepard. Sheppy sits down and talks with us. Uh, one of a handful of people in America that gets the rights to call Major League Baseball for the Detroit Tigers. And then, of course, us 
on the gridiron. So a, a lengthy conversation with Shep that will cover everything from his career at EMU as a, a baseball player and a walk-on to what he does now, calling as the voice of the Tigers. Greg, we're lucky every single week to have great guests on the show. We've we've had a chance to interview some really special people. This week's show with between Mike Van Hoven and Matt Shepard, and of course, Fred Castron as well, is really special. I hope our listeners will take the time to listen through those interviews. First off with Mike Van Hoven, we say academic success and people kind of automatically go, oh, I don't want to hear about the school. But when you hear his story about why academics are so important to him, both of his fam, uh, both of his parents are in the teaching profession. His family has a long line of of uh, academic individuals. It's really fascinating to hear why it's so special to him, and to hear his story about being successful on the football field while obtaining those grades, which for all of us that know, obviously, is a very challenging thing to do. And then, of course, Shep is the journeyman of all journeymen in terms of his career in broadcasting. He's one of the most recognizable voices, not only in this state, but in the region and the country. So to hear him talk about his work with the Tigers at EMU, his work with Michigan basketball, his journey is so fantastic. And he gives a lot of great insight, even if you're not into broadcasting or maybe not even the athletics field. If you hear him, I mean, any, his story inspires everybody. So we were really lucky to sit down with him last week. Yeah, he uh, has a good story. And uh, we talk a little about uh, how it is to call a team that may not have success. And also towing that fine line of being a a homer versus telling it as it is. So a lengthy conversation with Shep on a really good edition of the Eastern Insider podcast. And it is Cyber Monday, so I can't get away without trying to shill something for the bosses down the hallway. That's our Cyber Monday sale. If you're like Alex and don't like to open your wallet, unless you have to, today's your chance. You can buy EMU basketball tickets for a discounted rate. Three tickets, a three-game pack on the men's side for just $30 or $12 on the women's side for three games. Uh, Alex, we we know you like a good deal. That's a great deal. That is a fantastic deal. Let me tell you something. I've been telling people for years, ever since I got to Eastern Michigan, we offer the most affordable Division One athletic experience that you and your family can have probably in the country. I would be willing to say that. To bring your family to a basketball game, a three-game men's basketball package for $30, $12 on the women's side. I mean, you're paying minimal prices to see high quality. This is some of the best talent in the country, Greg. It's no joke. So if you haven't been out to the convo, it's a fantastic venue. It's starting to get a little colder outside. The snow will be falling. There's nothing better than to come into the Convocation Center on a Saturday or a Tuesday where you're nice and warm. Of course, you can grab a Pepsi or a Mountain Dew and some hot uh, popcorn from concession stand bob and then you'll be in here watching some high level basketball it's a great deal and as a special treat if you buy on the cyber monday a halftime stat sheet signed by the one and only alex jewel a guaranteed reason to buy absolutely send me to hawaii baby more after this you're listening to the eastern insider podcast They talk about getting your dream job, and in a lot of ways, he's had many dream jobs over the years that a lot of people would love to have. Joined alongside Alex Jewell, it's Matt Shepard as well. Shep, you look at what you've been able to do over the course of your career. A lot of people would be very envious of you, calling anything from a national championship game to a a, a 
title game for WNBA and, and whatever else you've done, but you look at the course of history, you've been able to stay with Eastern Michigan for so long. What has mm-hmm. Eastern Michigan meant to you? Well, when I think of Eastern Michigan, I think of family first. Um, I, I went to school there for a couple of years. I had a dream to play baseball, just wasn't good enough. And that's okay. We can admit that in our society, I hope. And then to come back and work with the people I work with, um, Rob Rubick, yourself, now Alex, the other people who have been through the athletic department, the sports information department. Um, well, I think we're more than just coworkers. I think we're friends. I, I consider it an extended family. Um, I've always said this, if you're going to go on the road and you're going to prepare for games like this, all right, and we're getting ready to do Northern Illinois, if you're going to be on the road away from your family, at least you want to be with people you like and the people you respect. And, and that's how I've looked at it. Um, we've had the good fortune of had some really good communicating coaches uh, over the years, including Chris Creighton, who's probably been the best. And for them to give us, give me um, the, the treatment I've received of going to practice at any time I want, ask questions of student athletes at any time I want, ask questions of coaches at any time I want, um, the ability to sit down and talk with him, um, and the, the opportunity to gain as much information as we gain from your knowledge of around the program on a regular basis and then the support we get from the radio station, WEMU, it, it has been an ideal scenario for me. And I mean that sincerely. I truly enjoy it. It's not work at all. It is um, it's a labor of love, um, but it's a labor of love with people who I, I admire and I, and I call friends. Matt, you're one of the the best known sportcasters and in, in all of Michigan and and certainly the region. And one question I had for you is, you get the opportunity this year to step into what you've called a dream job with the Detroit Tigers, doing play by play for them. And so many people have have heard and seen you, whether it's through us doing Michigan basketball on TV with Fox Sports, and they see you and they just think you do a flawless job, and you certainly do. But talk a little bit about the preparation that goes into that success on camera or over the mic, because I think a lot of people don't know necessarily what it is commentators have to do maybe Monday through Friday before a Saturday game. Well, for football, I can tell you this, and it helps because your department gets your notes out right away. So the, the process begins really before the season. You start talking with coaches, you start talking with uh, people within the program to try and devise your, what I call my flip charts. Okay. My boards. And I put those together and then I update them throughout the season, but uh, couldn't do it without the knowledge that is revealed in the game notes on a regular basis. It's not just showing up at a stadium and calling a game. It is preparing throughout the week and kind of figuring out the various storylines that you have. I don't look at doing Eastern Michigan football any differently than I look at preparing for a Pistons broadcast, a Red Wings broadcast, a Lions broadcast, a Tigers broadcast. I recognize there are certain storylines that have to be done and that there are, and you need to talk about those before you go on the air. From a baseball standpoint, because it's basically every day, it's 162 games and we might've had like 20 plus days off. That's all throughout the summer. I don't think people recognize that um, baseball is a year round job. So I'll give you an example. As much as I may be uh, gleaning over my my game notes and my boards for football, I am also doing baseball on a regular basis. So I am updating every single player on every single team in Major League Baseball. 
So that is a challenging task. Um, you can't go into a series against Toronto and start working on the Toronto Blue Jays the day before the game. You'll never be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish. I wouldn't be able to do any of that without phenomenal people working with me in the television realm. So guys who are in the truck, guys who are in the studio, my bosses who are all very supportive, and of course, the organization as well, you know, and the access that I have. So it really begins, Alex, a, a lot sooner than people think. As soon as the season ended, as soon as Washington beat Houston in game seven, the next day, I'm working on baseball. I gave myself a little bit of a reprieve from the end of the Tigers season to the end of the World Series. Then I dive into baseball and I have to I kind of have to monitor it. All right. So right now I'm doing Eastern Michigan football. I'll be doing some high school state championships. I'm doing some hockey for Big Ten Network. I have to balance that throughout the day. So every day requires a little bit of something for Major League Baseball preparation. When you look at it, a lot of people have you as the, the their eyes and ears. They're not able to be at the game. And part of that is being able to trust you, putting your faith in, in, in telling how do you walk the line of there are so many Homer broadcasts out there, but also one being supportive of the team, but also being truthful from what you see. Well, I think it's a, a matter of being fair. Um, I don't think you can fool people. I'm not going to sit there and try to tell people that Eastern Michigan could beat Alabama tomorrow. All right. That's, but I can also look at every situation and recognize that Eastern Michigan's done a lot of really good things so far this season, even though they're 500. Could I make the case they're, they're better than that? Absolutely. Could I make the case they're worse than that? Probably not. But I do believe that you don't have to beat, especially college athletes, because nobody realizes what they go through. We, the three of us know, all right? We see it on a regular basis. You guys see it with Eastern Michigan. I've seen it at other universities. I see it with my son right now, who's a college lacrosse player. I recognize the dedication that it takes to do this. I recognize the sacrifice that it takes to do this and how, how you have to prioritize things, especially with Chris Creighton at, at the helm, because he's not going to you know, fudge any lines. So when you when you see that and you recognize that, you give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Everybody has bad days. You do. You do. I do. It's going to happen. How do you respond to that? And especially I try to think of what was I doing when I was 20 years old? Now, at the major league level, it's a little different. I believe it's not my job to say such. It's my analyst's job to say such. And because I work with a Hall of Famer and a two-time World Series champ and another World Series champ and All-Star and another American League champ, I give them and I like to think that they recognize that freedom, that leash where they can do that. And then we can have some debates. OK, it's all about expectations too. going into the season. What did you expect? I expected the Lions defensive line to be among the best in football. Guess what? I was wrong. Do they deserve to be criticized? Absolutely. Um, is it the only reason they lose, though? No, it's not. OK, so it's the same thing right now. Um, Eastern Michigan is having a very good season. I thought they'd be able to run the football better. Do we go out there and harp on the fact that they're not running the football very well and they're not stopping the run very well? No, you can also highlight what they do well a little bit more. And when the other team does something well, you can recognize that, too, because there are two teams and two people, depending on the sport, who are trying to accomplish the same goal.
So I think that's what it's about. I think it's about being fair. I think the three of us watching a football game, and we did last night, we recognized Philip Rivers, that was a really bad pass. Is it okay to criticize him? You bet. Um, was it a bad pass or was it a really good defensive play? Now, that's debatable. You could say it's both, but the bottom line is he has to be better. There are ways to say things without being offensive um, in sports and without taking unruly shots, especially at student-athletes. Matt, you've been here for almost two decades as a part of the team at Eastern Michigan, and you've been the eyes and ears of the program for a long time. When you think about, and I know you talk a lot about Chris Creighton and the respect you have for him in, in this program nowadays, not to say that that wasn't there for, for other coaches and programs, but certainly the levels of success that we've seen in the last four to six years has been unprecedented. What's the single biggest change from your perspective in the booth or just knowing Chris as a person about why that we've had this success here? Uh, caring. I think others, not all of them. All right. Because I like Jeff Jenick. I, I like, I like Jeff Woodrow. I like Ron English. I liked all the guys I've worked with Rick Rasnick, but I think Chris Creighton came here and a lot of people I think rolled their eyes when he said he, he really felt like it was a calling for he and his, his family. And people are like, Oh boy, here comes the religious thing. I, I truly believe he feels that. Okay. And I think he truly cares about this school. I think he truly cares about the program. He cares about every single one of his kids. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, and I think there is a, a more give back from the administration too. I think that's the difference. The difference is in the little things that the three of us have recognized over the years we've been here, hoping that it would change, hoping that they would take that next step where other schools had already taken. And now, not only have they taken the step, they've kicked in the door and they've become a model in certain situations. The new player development center is a very good example of that. How many schools who have more success, Northern Illinois being one of them, would love something like that? How many schools would like to be able to say, you know what, here's our vision, let's in invoke it and let's follow through on it. And I think that's been the biggest difference, okay? In addition to getting better athletes, all right? That's the obvious. It's been fun, but it's also been respectable. When you walk around the various towns that I walk around and people actually bring up Eastern Michigan, that tells you something. That wasn't the case before. I've been really lucky because I look at a lot of coaches and I think, would I want my sons or daughter to play for that type of individual or that type of mindset, that type of persona? I've worked with Chris Creighton recently over the last six years, John Beeline for 12 years. And I could say without hesitation, I would have any of my kids play for them. And that's a big deal for me and my wife. There's no doubt that he has been a difference maker, but he needs, he's needed the support. And I give a lot of kudos to the administration, not just this one, but the one prior to for giving them the things that he's needed to have to have success. Talk to Rob Rubick this morning, and there aren't too many play-by-plays guys that get the luxury of having one of their best friends also be their analyst. And I know for Rob, that's the case for you. What has that meant to your relationship to, to be able to have some of those great moments? And, and you think back, it's not the, the games that you remember. It's the moments we've done stuff over the years. It's, it's trips to, to wherever. And you think back and look at those, but I asked Rubes what he's meant to you. What does Rob mean to the other way? Well, he, he's meant everything. I, cause I can walk into that booth and I don't have to worry. I mean, I, I know we all 
chuckle at that a little bit because we know the type of person he is and how much fun he likes to have. But I don't have to worry because he knows football as well as anybody I've ever met. And I know he cares about Eastern Michigan. And those are the two most important things you want from your sidekick, your analyst, your best friend. Are you going to come prepared? Do you care about what you're about to do? And those are the most important. Look, I've worked with a lot of different people and I like all of them. I do. I respect all the people I've worked with in the past, save one or two because of their unwillingness to pay that price, their unwillingness to say, you know what? I need to go down and talk to a coach. I need to study up on this. He does that. And that's why I love him. Um, it's, it is so much fun for me to be able to go in and look forward to calling a football game. Think about this for a second. We've gone through some really tough times. Mm -hmm. Went through a, a winless season, right? We've gone through a stretch where Eastern wasn't even mentioned, not even hinted at a possible winning season, let alone a bowl game. And yet we've been able to go through this with smiles and laughs and a, a joyous occasions, right? And, and becoming closer. That's not easy to do. Most people jump ship. Right. Most people say, I've had enough. I don't need it. He doesn't need it. He doesn't, he doesn't need to do this job. I don't need to do this job. Why do we do the job? We love football. We love one another. We love Eastern Michigan. And we love the people who are associated with the program. It's as simple as that. Now, I wouldn't say I'd do it for free because it takes work and it takes, and, and I, you know, I mean, that's, it's, you don't want to sell yourself short. However, it is, I can tell you this, and I'm not looking for a pat on the back. He, neither he nor I have received any type of pay increase in the last probably 15 years. And it, it doesn't really matter to me. What matters to me is the people who are around here and the chance that I get to call him on a weekly basis, talk football, and we do it in the off season too, um, and just hang out with him. And that's why I love him, man. I mean, he is, what you see is what you get. And you're, everybody's fortunate when, when they get a chance to be around him. Well, Shep, kind of piggybacking off that first and foremost, obviously with this being my fifth season here, you and Rubes and, and certainly Greg have been just a, a massive part of my experience at Eastern Michigan. So I can't thank you enough for that. But talking about sitting in the booth with one of your best friends in Rob, but then also some of the other people you've gotten to work with over the year. There's years, there's countless Hall of Famers, All-Stars, whatever it may be. Do you ever, when you're at home or just in the office, sit back and think about some of the stars that you've gotten to be around and just how special it's been to get perspective from some of the best to do it in every sport that you've done. Yeah, that's it's a good question. Uh, last year I was in Ron Gardenhire's office and we were talking baseball and I was with Jim Leland, Alan Trammell, Kirk Gibson and Ron Gardenhire. And we were just talking baseball for about a half an hour. I, you know, there's no recorder going. I wasn't taking notes. We were just talking baseball. That's about as good as it gets, right? I was on the field in Houston earlier this year and Justin Verlander came up, started talking to me and, and Jack Morris a little bit. And then comes Craig Biggio. I was in New York with Reggie Jackson there. George Brett came up to us in Kansas City. Dennis Eckersley when Boston was in town. It's those types of experiences for sure in baseball that I've experienced that I love. But, and yet, on the other hand, I, I love guys who are, maybe aren't as well known. Rex Hudler in Kansas City, for example. Enos Cabell in, in Houston. And then in, in football, besides Rubes, I've had the chance to work with Nate Burleson, Chris Spielman. Desmond Howard, Herman Moore, Lomas Brown. 
we're talking about guys who have forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But today I can call them. I mean, Chris Spielman calls me almost every week. Who do the, who do the Hurons have this week is what he always asks me. Okay. So he follows. And if, when Eastern had a nice win over Illinois, he called me, Hey, how about that win over Illinois? It's, it, it, that's, it's a, it's a really cool friendship. Okay. And then same thing with all my basketball and, and the hockey opportunities. I work with Mickey Redman and Chris Osgood and Darren Elliott and, and, and Manny legacy and guys like that. And then at the collegiate level, so many different guys, Ben Clymer, who I actually called his games when he was playing in the IHL with the Detroit Vipers. Right. And then in basketball with Greg Kelser and John Long and Rick Mahorn and guys like that. Yeah. I, I sit back sometimes and think, man, this is, this is really cool. And but you can't get too caught up into it because you have to have that relationship and you have to make sure that, you know, somebody is quote unquote steering the ship. And, and that's part of my job is to do that. But uh, I learned from every one of those people and some I've, I have failed to mention, but I've learned from every one of those people and gotten the chance. Terry Mills is another one, a dear friend of mine, gotten the chance to not just use their experiences in that sport, but also use them in other sports. All right. So if I happen to talk about with Terry Mills about basketball, I can use some of his knowledge in other sports because all sports are relatable to a certain extent. So that's I've been blessed in that regard without question. Jeff, can't appreciate your time enough. And you've helped me become a better SAD over the years. And, and of course, thank you for, for everything you do for Eastern Michigan. Well, it's it's my honor, buddy. And uh, you don't need any help. You and Alex are, are the best there is in the Mac for sure. Thanks, bud. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider Podcast. We're joined by head women's basketball coach Fred Castro now, who had a week off from the show last week, and his team has gotten onto the court a couple more times since we last talked. Uh, they had a good win against Southeast Missouri team, and then have had a couple of, of really tough games against some high-quality opponents. Most recently, they played the University of Michigan here at the Convocation Center before going into Thanksgiving, and then just went on the road to a good Binghamton team this past weekend. And, and it was a tough loss, but Coach, I want to start with asking you something that we've talked a little bit about, and it, it's a game where scheduled for 1 p.m., but bad weather comes into town. And I know that can change some things, just having to change a game time on the fly, I mean, I know I found out at like 10 o'clock at night the night before, so I know it changes some of my routine even. But for you guys, what does it look like as a coaching staff and as a group of players when you find out the night before, hey, we're playing at a different time than what we had expected all week? Yeah, well, you know, some little things in terms of uh, your pregame meal, you know, um, what, what time you check out things of that nature. And then uh, if you have to condense your normal routine in terms of pregame warmup and things of that nature. Uh, but I think we found out enough and, and uh, Katie, our director of basketball operations did a great job of uh, making the necessary adjustments. And uh, you know, the players we practice in the mornings anyway, uh, normally. So uh, it, you know, from a athletic standpoint, I thought we, you know, had no reason to not uh, perform well, especially early. Let's talk about that game against the Bearcats just a little bit. It's a game that you ultimately fall by 11 points, 78 to 67. And I almost want to start at the back end of that and jump towards 
the end of the game where really in that fourth quarter, the third end of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, they go on a, on a pretty sizable run to, mm-hmm. to take an advantage. I think the lead gets up to about 20 points. But then in that last four or five minutes, you guys really fight back, start clawing away, and get it back within to that 10-point range. How impressed or how happy does it make you and your team is still able to fight down the stretch like that? And what does that show you about their development, that they're willing to go the full distance of a game, even though it may not uh, end up in their favor? Yeah, you know, I I don't, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not surprised. It's not something we we haven't done before. Uh, the The big thing is, can we do it consistently for 40 minutes? And, and, you know, one thing is to fight at the end and, and, you know, show effort, but we need to be able to do that from tip and be able to do it for 40 minutes, especially when you're playing on the road uh, and you're playing a team that's seven and oh, I mean, they're a good quality team and you're not going to beat them by playing 30 minutes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think we are moving past that in terms of, oh, it was a good effort late that that we're not talking about that anymore. We're talking about playing 40 minutes of complete basketball. One player that certainly played 40 minutes of complete basketball, making her EMU debut here is Ariana Combs. She comes in and she scores 29 points, 10 of 21 shooting, 9 of 12 from the free throw line. Those are not just personal best for her in her first EMU game. That's the best numbers of any player in any game this season for you guys. What does that say to her individual talent? But what does it also say to her ability to distribute and for the players on the court with her respecting the game that she brings? Yeah, well, you know, we see her on a daily basis and she was here last year and she sat out. So we've we've been able to see, uh, you know, the quality of player that she is. Obviously, um, it's no small thing to sit out a year um, and then first game in score and, and play the way that she did in 36 minutes. That's, that's, that's quite an accomplishment. Um, but you know, our, our players know how, how good, how talented she is, but more importantly, uh, how hard she works. You know, I, I think people are going to look at the nine of 12 and the 29 points, but she played 36 and a half minutes. She had seven, uh, she had seven rebounds. She forced them to foul us seven times. Um, she got her teammates involved. She did it all. And that's what uh, is most impressive to me about it. Yeah. And from, from the perspective of the outsider, when they see somebody give that much effort, because I was back home watching it here on TV, mm-hmm. covering you guys. And I could notice right away the energy level that she brings as a coach, can that be contagious for the other players as well? When, and I know you've got plenty of players that are able to bring energy like that and, and certainly bring different aspects to the floor. But is that helpful for everybody when someone's on the court like that that has that much energy and kind of that, that attitude towards the game? Yeah, you know, that's what we're looking for. We want it to be contagious. And at, at times we've played, uh, we've had five people on the court that were locked in and played with that sense of urgency, if you will. And we've been good. Uh, but uh, I go back to what I was just talking about. Can we sustain that uh, for an extended period of time and really uh, separate ourselves from the opponent? And that and that's kind of where we've been struggling right now, but it's something that we'll continue to work on. And I do think uh, that we've shown signs of progress. I think someone, something that viewers, if they haven't watched a lot of Eastern Michigan basketball this year, or maybe in the last couple of years, don't necessarily realize, but they'll come to realize when they do pay a little bit more attention to your team is again with a player like Combs 
Aaliyah Stanley, Jenna Anna Carico. It seems like you've got a girl that can go out every game different and be the difference maker for your team. Is that a huge benefit for you guys? Is that what helps separate you from the rest of the competition that you're going to see having players that on a nightly basis, it can be a different girl that takes over the game. Yeah, hopefully, you know, big picture. That's kind of how we've recruited and designed the team. Uh, but we, we, there's a lot to be said for consistency, you know, um, because you develop a game plan and a system both uh, on the defensive and offensive end based off that consistency. So uh, we have some really talented players. We have players that are more than capable. Uh, you know, Courtney Lewis had 17 points last night and she was, she was, she looked like the freshman Courtney Lewis. Um, but can we see that on a consistent basis? And once we get everybody on the same page um, and really understanding not just what we're capable of, but what it's going to take to realize that potential, uh, then I think we'll be headed in the right direction. Well, if there's a if there's a time to hopefully get that coming all together within a week span, it would be this week because now you go back on the road after what will end up being a pretty short week for you guys and and head to Wichita to face a Wichita State team that's obviously very talented, a perennial uh, participant in NCAA the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they've got they're a team with postseason uh, aspirations and certainly conference championship aspirations. What do you know about? Wichita State and the Shockers over there. And what are you expecting out of them in a game against you? Uh, I know a lot about them. I know uh, Coach Adams very well. Uh, I, I coached against her when I was uh, at Tulsa. Uh, they just, they've won four in a row. They just beat Oklahoma at home. And uh, they are a tough, gritty team uh, that really, um, you know, they, they hang their hat on the defensive end. And uh, they get a good home crowd. So, you know, it's going to be a tough environment, uh, something that I think uh, we've played in before this year. So it'll be nothing new. And uh, it'll be a great opportunity for us to get a great road win. I mean, uh, Wichita has had a successful program for quite some time. And Coach Adams has been a consistent winner for a long time. Uh, So it's a great opportunity for us uh, really to put everything together and, uh, and make the most of this opportunity. Yeah, and just finishing up with this question, obviously you talked a little bit about what they are going to bring as a challenge to you guys. What's something that you're really looking for your team to bring to the game this week where you know maybe it's a focus in practice or, or something that you're really looking to attack uh, Wichita with? Yeah, to me, it's going to come down always to these kind of tough games. It's, it comes down to effort and rebounding. Um, and And the attention to detail, I mean – these aren't just uh, fist fights, you know, I think it is a big part of it, <laughs> but uh, they have quality players that we're going to have to be able to identify and play a certain way and uh, make sure that we uh, keep them away from their strengths, like all game plans. And that's going to take some execution in our, on our part and some discipline and above all great effort. We're with coach Fred Castro on the Eastern insider podcast, talking about his women's basketball team and their upcoming trip down to Wichita. Coach, we wish you the best of luck this weekend. Bring us back home a win. Will do.
All right, joining me now, Mike Van Hoven, who is a COSIDA, all-district, eligible to be uh, All-American. You're only the third in school history to achieve what you've achieved so far. That, that's that's kind of special. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely pretty cool. Uh, in this program, our, our first goal we always talk about is, is education first, and to be able to do that uh, is it's awesome. Well, education first in your family really hits a note because there's a lot of parents uh, that go out there and want their kids to be star athletes. You come from a little bit of a different background. Yeah, both of my parents are, are teachers. My mom at the high school level, my dad at for middle school. On my dad's side, both of his parents worked for Western Michigan University. His mom was a college professor in the communications department for a long time. So for them and for my whole family, uh, academics has always been really important. You know, going back to elementary school, I always talk about how my mom, when I came home from school, before I ever did anything, got to go outside, play video games, watch TV. She always made sure that I did my homework first. Well, it's paid off. And and you said in high school, like I, I, I mentioned to you, my son just got his grades, all A's and a B plus. He was very happy with that. You don't even know what it's like to get a B plus in high school. Am I correct? Yeah, that's right. My my one grade in high school that wasn't an A was the first semester of uh, my English class my sophomore year. And uh, I can still remember that. It still bugs me. But then I ended up with AP classes getting over a four point. Would you kind of give the teacher the eye when you walk by in the hall? Like, yeah, there's the guy that gave me an A minus. I was always in the back of my mind. No, he, was, <laughs> he, was, he was a nice guy. Though. He was a nice guy. How difficult. I, I don't think people understand the challenges of being a division one athlete and pairing that with the work you need to put in in accomplishing your degree yeah there's a lot that goes into it because you just look at if you're just talking about just traveling alone that takes a lot of times out of your weekend a lot of your your basically your whole friday and saturday uh and then along with you know we have meetings on sunday meet, uh, lifts and practices throughout the week there's a lot of stuff that you kind of have to work around but then when you have stuff like study tables and and uh, other stuff that kind of at your disposal um with tutors and stuff it, it definitely helps for a lot of guys but uh yeah there's a lot of time that goes into athletics that doesn't then go towards your your school yeah it's not like you're taking underwater basket weaving and bowling you're in a master's program for exercise physiology yep yeah that's right and that would be (laughs) it's too many big words i would look it up but i'd rather you explain it so exercise physiology is basically how the body works down to like a cellular level during exercise so kind of how it metabolizes certain certain uh, substances and is able to use those for fuel uh, talks about the muscles how they contract talks about uh, what causes you know fatigue and, and stuff during exercise and and basically everything that goes on during your inside your body during exercise which is marries perfectly to what you're doing now it's had to have helped you in your athletic endeavors learning what you're learning at eastern michigan honestly it definitely does if you look at stuff like I've only had a couple of classes that talk specifically about like nutrition, but looking at kind of stuff like that, and then just kind of being someone who's interested in exercise and working out and, and all this kind of stuff, having a background knowledge in that kind of helps understand why we do certain things in our off season training and stuff like that. But as well as kind of looking at the nutrition side, if you know, more of what's going on inside your body, what your muscles need and, and use, uh, that definitely helps to know what you need to put into your body. Now, your parents are making the drive down. You're a pawpaw native from the yeah. west side of the state. What was it that drew you to Eastern Michigan to steal you away? You were right in Western Michigan's backyard. Well, at Eastern, it was just so much with the coaches that are here. Coach Creighton was a huge part of that. And the opportunity to just do something great, completely turn around a program that hasn't had success in a in a really a long time and and the opportunity to make make history and do something special 
Uh, and then talking to guys that were there at the time. And still, if you talk to guys, it's the same way, even more so just the, such the family atmosphere that's here. It's awesome. Just guys that are here that will be not just at my wedding, but standing up next to me when I get married and, uh, and everything like that. Every step of the way, I know I have lifelong friends that are here. We're talking with offensive lineman, Mike Van Hoven. You talked about doing something special here at Eastern Michigan. The team has a chance to be bowl eligible for back-to-back years uh, for the first time ever. Um, it seems as though in players I've talked to, yeah, this is the legacy we want to leave at Eastern Michigan, where going to bowl games is the standard. That's part of what playing football at Eastern Michigan is going to be about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's this, like I was talking about earlier, this is a program that hasn't had that, like you said, ever, where it's been multiple seasons in a row. And to be able to do that and uh, for this program, for the school, for this community, it's just, it's an awesome opportunity. Well, it's been a great season so far. And a lot of athletes might say to themselves, you know, I don't want to go do the hard work and build a program up. I'd rather go someplace that's seen a lot of success. Maybe that's an easier route, but that's not a route you wanted to take. No, no. And that that's the way it is for basically every player that's here. Uh, most of the guys, even the guys that have come the last couple of seasons, it hasn't been, you know, a for sure thing yet. So if you look at the, basically all the guys that are here, I don't know if it's being wired differently or what, but we just want to be able to do something special and not just kind of, you know, jump in, stay on for a little bit and then jump off and leave it the same place it was. Well, congratulations again, Cosida, all district right now, Cosida, all district eligible for all American. Very few people get that. Do you do any tutoring for the team? Uh, <laughs> no, not exactly. There's a couple guys because <laughs> a couple guys that, were, that are in uh, uh, my major. So I, uh, if they need help, then I'll give them some help, but you know, nothing, nothing too crazy. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week, bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week.